This morning, our gospel lesson will come from Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. Matthew 22, verses 36 through 40. I invite you to stand as you're able, in body or in spirit, for the reading of our gospel lesson. Teacher, which commandment of the law is the greatest? He said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest in the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One of the common refrains I think we hear in church a lot um, is when our kids graduate from high school and move into college. And we, you know, the old joke is we tell them, hey, go off to college, come back. When you get back, we'll be here waiting on you. And so I think a lot of, we see a lot of kids lose their not lose their faith necessarily, but become disconnected from the church in their college years. And even if, even if that doesn't happen, I think for many of us as parents, as church members, that's a fear we have. We worry about our kids when we send them off to college, what will happen to their faith? We, I know we've heard those stories a lot from maybe for many of you. That was your experience. You went off to college and kind of became disconnected from your church, maybe even your faith during that time period. What was interesting for me is I had the exact opposite experience. I really gave my life to Jesus in my senior year of high school. And then my college time was when my faith really blossomed and took root and really became my very own faith. So for my faith, college was a time of explosive growth and explosive discipleship. I was really fortunate in that time to be surrounded by some good friends. I stayed connected to my local church. But um, I was really blessed uh, both at, at Colin then a Mississippi College with two exceptional uh, BSU directors, uh, uh, Jeff Powell at MC. And then at Colin, we had a guy by the name of Brother Roy Smith. We all called him BR. BR was just an amazing individual. Um, BR had been at Colin West uh, BSU forever, and he had built such a really neat community there. Um, the, the, the community was Methodist and Baptist and, and everybody. We were all, it was kind of our religious place on campus. In fact, when BR had a heart attack in my sophomore year, one of the leaders of the Methodist church came in and actually led BSU during that time period. So you had a Methodist leading the Baptist Student Union. I mean, it was a really, just a really neat thing. And one of the things that we did there was we had this little drama team called The Mission and we would go, golly, we went all over southwest Mississippi. We went to Roxy. Yeah, if you know what Roxy is, then you've been out in the country. Yeah, some of y'all are nodding your heads. You, you, you don't happen upon Roxy. You're going there. Went to Bude. Bude was a big, Bude was a big church we went to. Went to every, all these little churches all over, all over Pike and Lincoln and and, and, and Simpson and Franklin, all these counties all over Southwest Mississippi, our little group would go and we would do, we would do little skits and we would act out. Some of them were funny, some of them were serious. We would have someone do a devotional. Some of my first real time speaking in church were as part of this team. We would, I would get up and do a little devotional. Some of us would sing and Hollywood was one of the singers as 
Mike rightly pointed out, I was not one of the singers. Um, but our group was called The Mission. And it was based off a line from an old Steve Green song um, where it said, to love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. And that was, it was a real blessing to be part of, of that group when I was in college. And the, but that, that song, that line's always stuck with me through the years. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. Even now, as I, as I go about my life, I will find myself kind of humming that song under my breath sometimes or just, just thinking about it. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. This is our stewardship season. And any preacher who tells you they like preaching about money is lying to you. Because no preacher likes talking about money. Let me tell you how it normally goes. We normally have kind of our vision casting sermon. That was last week. That's for the sermon where we kind of cast a bigger vision for what we're trying to talk about and what we're trying to do. You know, we've, and we usually have some type of visual aid in the past. Remember, remember when we put the big old thing of dirt out in the front yard? We took root. Last year, we had a door up here we walked through. We always have some type of visual thing. Remember, we had the mosaics one year, and Chris used that to make uh, use some of our, our beautiful cross out there. Well, this year, we're talking about 10,000 reasons. So that's why we have these cards here. And if you didn't get a chance to do it last week, I would encourage you this week to take one of these cards or take a bunch of them. We, I have spares in the pulpit. And just write down, what's your reason? Who are your reasons? What are the things you're thankful for at St. Matthew's? You don't have to be a member to do this. But what are the reasons that you are thankful? What are the things, like you heard Alan talk about the things here at St. Matthew's that, that she talks about. One of the common refrains I heard from both Alan in this service and then Jenny Miller in 830 is um, Sunday school. Both of them talked about the, 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 the close bonds they built there in their Sunday school. So what are your, what are your reasons? What are your, your 10,000 reasons? You remember heard the choir sang that last week as an anthem? They sang it as an, a welcome this week. We're going to hear that song a lot. We want you to name your reasons. And then we're collecting them and putting them out, out there. And then we're going to create, we, we're hanging them by the coffee. So be sure to go by there if you've not done it yet and, and, and see the reasons you see where everyone's thankful for our church. So normally you have them, the vision casting sermon. And then you have the, we need you to give sermon. Give money. We need you to give. And then we have the, we need you to serve sermon. Week, week one's usually money. Week two's usually service. And then week three, and then the last week we have our commitment. We need everybody to turn their stuff in and commit to serve and to give. That's how stewardship normally works. Well, we're doing things a little bit different this week, this year. Think about last week. Even regarding the things we're thankful for. What's the primary thing we're thankful for? Remember what Paul said? Paul talked about all the stuff that he had to be thankful for. But then what is the thing he says? He says, I consider all this but rubbish when compared to knowing Jesus. That Jesus was the thing that he was most thankful for. The life, the death, the resurrection, and the teaching of Jesus. That's what Paul's thankful for. So, if Paul's thankful for Jesus, and Jesus should be the primary thing that we're thankful for, I think it's important for us to know what Jesus wants us to do. If we're going to be good stewards, if we're going to live out this life, what is it we're supposed to be doing? What are we trying to accomplish? And so, I think today's text... If there's, any, if there's any text that's the heartbeat of the Christian gospel, it's right here. This guy comes to Jesus and says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? What's the greatest teaching? And Jesus says, you're to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, strength. 
and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then what I love, I love what Jesus says next. The NRSV says, on this hang the law and the prophets. But I think the NIV has it like this. On this hinges the law and the prophets. And I've always liked that language of hinges. Gina was talking about her toolbox. Let's take, we say, let's say we take the twisty thing and we go up to the, one of the doors back there. We take the hinge off. What happens? That door is falling down if that hinge is gone. Love a God, love a neighbor. On this hinges all the Old Testament, all the laws that the Jewish people lived, all the laws, all the commentaries, all the teachings, all this stuff, all that hinges on loving God and loving neighbor. Jesus Christ says, this is the greatest commandment that you could ever do. We've been reading in Romans as part of the rooted in Christ. Where Paul says last week, all the law is summed up in love. Because if you love your neighbor, you're not going to murder them. That's a good rule of thumb. If you love your neighbor, you're not going to lie on them. If you love your neighbor, you're going to be there for them. If you love God, you're going to worship him. Love distills all of that to an easy to understand concept, love. So then, that's the mission. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. So, we're gonna look a little bit deeper at that the next two weeks. Today, we're gonna talk briefly about how we can love God here in our church. And next week, we're gonna talk about how it is we can love our neighbor here in our church. In the Methodist church, when you join the church, they're the, our membership vows we take. And they are basically distilled down to being faithful with our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. So I'm going to look real quickly at how we can love God with all those things. Prayers. Now, that's self-explanatory, y'all. Prayer. Yeah, we get that. We've got to pray. Pray is how we know God. But I don't know if you're like me. But I find a lot of my prayer life tends to me be me telling God what I need him to do and then me moving on to what's next. Think about how when you got to know somebody. When you got to know them, you did a lot of talking to them probably, but you probably did some listening as well. I don't listen well. I've been praying recently, trying to discern from God some, some things I've been chewing over and struggling with and trying to, trying to get some wisdom and some direction on some stuff. Been really trying to seek his face and get these directions. But I find myself, even in that, asking God for wisdom and discernment and then quickly moving on to what's next instead of sitting there before him and listening. Listening. A lot of time my prayer life is more about God getting me what I want, try, trying to convince God to do what I want him to do instead of me humbling myself and just listening and being present before him, seeking his face, seeking his voice, and then me shutting up and listening. To be loyal with our prayers isn't just to be what I say to God. But frankly, it's about me creating space in my life to allow God to speak to me. We're so busy in our life that we shortcut the listening, not the talking. 
I think as I've I've tried to seek wisdom, I'm trying to shortcut the talking and not the listening. Our prayers, our presence. Our presence matters, y'all. Our presence in worship matters. This, This matters. This community forms us. As I've been thinking a lot about worship recently and thinking a lot about church, I can't... I can't, Alan said, she can't, imagine, she can't name the things about St. Matthew's to it. I can't imagine my life apart from church. Like, I, I, I literally can't imagine who I would be or what I would believe or what I would do apart from not just you, but Asbury and Ripley and Coy and Boyle Lennon Lytton and Johnson Chapel and First Baptist Jackson. East Haven Baptist in Brookhaven, the major church in my life that I worshiped at. I can't, I can't imagine my life apart from church. And this present here forms us. And yeah, it's not always easy. And it's not always convenient. And it's not always what we want to do. But being here in this place with these people surrounding us, praying for us, caring for us, pushing us, these things form us. And I literally cannot imagine the person I would be apart from this body. Our presence matters, not just in worship, but in the overall community. And not just here, but our presence before God in prayer, in Scripture, in our daily life. These things really do shape and matter. And they're one of the many reasons I am abundantly thankful for the church. I am abundantly thankful for this imperfect messed up group of people that probably get us wrong as much as we get it right. But as long as we keep trying to love Jesus and love each other, I got to believe he's going to get us where we need to be. Yeah, presence matters. Prayer, presence, gifts. Gifts, yeah, we, we need, the church needs your financial support. You see on the, on the back of our calendar here, our overall budget and all the things that our church can do because you give. But it isn't just that the church needs this. It isn't just that, that this, this giving matters to the church, but this giving is an act of worship. Do you notice that when the plates are brought down, they're given to Brian and Brian raises them up as an act of worship. They're placed upon the altar. Think about the biblical symbolism of the altar. How in the Old Testament, the sacrifices are laid upon the altar as an act of worship and obedience to God. The offering, our giving, is not about paying our bills. It is about worshiping our God. And in these things, we are blessed. Our giving matters not just because it grows the kingdom, but because it grows us. Because giving at its core is an act of faith. It is a challenge. It is hard. It can be difficult, but it changes us. And if we aren't giving, we're missing a blessing. Because it is that small step of faith. It is the widow's might. It is, it is the widow in the Old Testament that's about out of oil, but she gives to Elijah anyway. And God blesses and provides for her. So, yeah, our giving does matter, but it isn't just our financial giving, it's our service. You know, you may be sitting here this morning and thinking, boy, you know, my lifelong dream is to be an usher in this church. Guess what? We make dreams come true around here. We can make that happen. Outside of me, there's not a single person Tim would want in this choir. It's fair? It's pretty fair. You don't want me, though, do you? 
Yeah, he doesn't want me. So, which is the smart decision. I mean, he's right. But these things, think of, think of the people that it takes to teach our children. Think of the people it takes to, maybe you don't want to teach. We need people on Wednesday nights to move tables for the student ministry. We need people who will, by the way, I want to give a huge shout out of praise to all the volunteers we had that went to the state fair Sunday night, last night. A, we had a good time and I ate a bunch of fried stuff. But B, we had some stuff happen that without the volunteers, it wouldn't have taken place. God was preparing us in that moment. These acts of service that might not be big, might not be bold, might not be what everybody can see, God uses them. God, God uses these small things, not just the big, the small, not just, God does not always want us to climb spiritual Mount Everest. God wants us to be faithful what he has. Our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service. And yes, our witness. What is our outward facing sign to the world? You know, the UMW is celebrating 150 years this year. And the UMW have always done ministry and missions in the life of the Methodist Church. We're so thankful for them. But think about all the ways that our church and our individuals are outwardly facing the love of God. Coach Myers at Bogotá used to always say this. Your life might be the only Bible somebody reads. Think of the names you could write on this card about those that loved you with the love of God. Bill Poole, Eleanor Johnston, Roy Smith, Harold Bryson, John Metters, Barry Bryant. Think of the names of those individuals who have loved you like they love Jesus. Your Sunday school teachers, your VBS workers, preachers. Might not have always been easy for them, huh? Might not always been easy. They might not have always wanted to do it. But they did it because they love God. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. Through your prayers, 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 presence, gifts, service, and witness, by loving God in His ways, who might write your name on their card? Who might write your name? Who might be able to say, Yeah, I saw the love of God in them. I saw God's grace in them. I saw God's mercy in them. I experienced God through them. To love the Lord our God is the heartbeat of our mission. May we love God with every fiber of our being. And may the whole world come to know the amazing grace of our God. Let us pray.